You are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. Hello. It is very good to be with you all this morning. I thank Charlie for the invitation to be part of this series on the I Am statements in the Gospel of John. And because I also know that many of you are reading through the entire Gospel in this season of Lent, I'm going to take the time this morning to put our stories of the I am statements, these, this time, these two times, actually, in John's gospel, where, John, where Jesus says, I am the light of the world, into their larger context, just a little bit, at least within chapters 8 and 9. And so I want to open just with a little bit that comes in the beginning of chapter 8, ahead of where I will pick up in today's first reading. And that's one of the stories that Eric referenced in his uh, talk earlier on how we talk about Jesus and the ways that we see Jesus in the Gospels. And that is the story of the woman who is accused of adultery. And the scribes and the Pharisees bring her before Jesus, and Jesus makes that statement that many of us know, even if we wouldn't place it as John chapter 8, that he who is without sin should be the one to cast the first stone. And of course, all of those who are there, ready and holding the stones in their hands, they have to set them down. For they are human, just as we are human, and just as we have need to confess our sins every time we gather in worship, they were unable to cast a stone in that situation as well. But of course like all things in the gospel, and particularly in John, that does not end the controversy. It continues. And so what we have here, starting with verse 12, is in some ways the aftermath of that encounter, after the stones have been set down. Let us listen to these words from the gospel of John. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world, Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Then the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying on your own behalf. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid because I know where I have come from and where I am going. But you do not know where I have come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is not is valid. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. And this is God's word for us this day. Thanks be to God. So we have here, in this opening, 
of what is a much longer dialogue and discussion between Jesus and the religious authorities. This first statement, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In this larger context, this larger discussion of what gives Christ his authority, what makes his testimony valid, is this statement that references directly back to John's prologue, to the very opening of the Gospel of John, to those verses that we proclaim as, at Christmas time, that the word is made flesh and that the word has come to dwell among us. At the opening of John's gospel in verses 4 and 5, it says, What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And so in this time when Jesus is being asked to say why his testimony is valid, where his authority is coming from, he immediately references his back to that incarnational story that John has in the beginning of the gospel. That the light is the life. The life is the light of all people. And that this light will shine in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. So when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he is claiming that incarnational truth. The word that is life, the word that is light, and the light that will shine through any darkness. And yet, true to form, the religious leaders continue to be confused, continue to not understand, and we go into a longer discussion through the remainder of chapter 8 on Jesus' relation to Abraham and the tradition and questions of sin, and not just sin and like behaviors and actions, but sin as a separation from God and the separation from God's authority. And eventually, as you get to the end of chapter 8, the Pharisees are so frustrated in this conversation with Jesus that they pick those stones back up again and they're ready to throw them at Jesus, which Jesus takes as his cue to leave. And so he does. And Jesus leaves this time with the scribes and the Pharisees, this roundabout conversation on authority, and he goes on his way. And so we pick up our gospel reading at the beginning of chapter 9. And I'll be reading verses 1 through 7. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When Jesus had said this, he spat on the ground, 
made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, go to the pool of Siloam, which means scent. And then the man went and washed and he came back able to see. And this also is God's word to us this day. Thanks be to God. And so we have here, not just in this statement in chapter 8 that defines Christ's authority, I am the light of the world, but then also a repetition of that statement in a healing story, a healing story of a blind man that helps us to see that very point that Marge made in the children's message, that seeing in the darkness, Christ's light and ability to shine in the darkness, it's not just about the visible light. It's not just about being able to put on a light switch when we're scared of the dark. Because there is a lot of darkness in our world that scares us and that is terrifying and frightening. There are a lot of things going on around us in Europe and in our homes where we are confused or frustrated or unsure of how to move forward. And it is into that darkness that Christ says, I am the light of the world. For even the man who is born blind, even in his blindness and inability to see the visual light, understood who Christ was had access to that light that Christ is claiming that is the light of life, the light that shines in the darkness. Proclaiming Jesus' light, saying that we are ones who follow Christ, who is the light of the world, is claiming that we seek his light and his spirit that glimmer of love, that glimmer of compassion, that ability to acknowledge our own sins and to set down our stones and to forgive and be in relationship with one another. That is the light that we claim when we seek to be part of Christ's light that no darkness can overcome. So in Lent, we are seeking to grow closer to Jesus to better understand who Jesus says that he is and who we say that Jesus is for ourselves. And these two, I am the light of the world, statements come within this larger commentary on how we claim Christ's place, Christ's validity, and Christ's testimony in our lives and how we share that with our neighbors, with compassion and with love. Because when we claim Jesus as the light of the world, that gives us the strength to look into that darkness, those places that are confusing and frustrating and painful for us, and claim that Christ shines with the light that no darkness can overcome. One of my seminary professors wrote a commentary on this passage and said, The light of the world is in our midst. We need not shut our eyes 
In fact, the best thing to do is open our eyes wide. We will not be blinded by the light. We will be saved. And that is my encouragement for you all. To go into our world and to not be afraid to open our eyes wide to where Christ's light is present and shining and calling us forward to follow. For Christ is the light of the world that no darkness can overcome. We proclaim it at Christmas. We proclaim it in Lent. We will proclaim it even in the darkest hours of Good Friday. And we will celebrate it in the Easter resurrection. And to God be the glory this day and forevermore. Amen.